back are snowbirds who are back, the Joneses and the Francis. It's great to have you folks back from Florida, from warmer climates. Welcome back. Hopefully you brought some warm climate with you, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, Susan, if you would go ahead and put up the titles. Oh, you did already. Thank you. Uh, last week I, I spoke on the message called A Cross-Immersion Experience, How Deep a Love. As we've been focusing in and pressing in on prayer, I've just been feeling compelled personally to study and to meditate on the power of the cross of Jesus Christ and to go deeper into understanding what exactly happened at the cross. You know, a lot of times we have a little bit of head knowledge up here where we think we know. We hear people say, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus paid the price for your sins. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, okay, I know that. But we know it up here in part, but we need to get it down here and let it explode on the inside of us. We need to immerse ourselves, you know, like really press ourselves down and immerse ourselves into the revelation of the cross. And now, I wanted to give you an illustration. I know I, I tend to, I, I like to use visual examples. Now, I've got something under here, but you probably have no idea what it is, right? Because you can't see it. It's not visible to you. But there's something under here that's very real, and it's there. Just because you can't see it and you can't comprehend it doesn't mean that it's not there. And when we get revelation, when we get understanding from God, deeper understanding, it means that God uncovers something and gives us a better, clearer picture or visual grip on a new truth that maybe we thought we knew or we've heard about it before, but all of a sudden we get revelation. So this was there all the time, but you couldn't see it because it was covered up. And so this morning, I trust that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're all going to get revelation a clearer understanding, a bigger picture, a more distinct understanding of the power of the cross of Jesus. So I'd like you, if you would, to join with me in prayer and just maybe put your hand on your heart area because we want to get it from our head to our heart today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would explode in our hearts today, Lord, revelation and understanding, that you would unveil and uncover the areas that we don't understand, that we don't comprehend, and take it from our head to our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Susan, if you would go ahead and move to the next slide. The Apostle Paul wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those that believe. Now, there's three things that I've highlighted there. The word gospel, most of you probably know what the word gospel means. Does anyone know what it means, the word gospel? Good news. Good news. The gospel is good news. And a lot of times in the world, people don't understand that the message of the salvation, the message of the cross is good news. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone that believes. So if you could turn it to the next slide, Susan. Salvation in the Greek means exactly this, deliverance, rescuing, bringing safely through, and keeping from harm. 
The message of the gospel delivers us from darkness. It brings us out of bondage to sin and to all of the things that are evil and trying to bring us down and destroy us. Remember, Jesus himself said that the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. So the gospel, the message of salvation, is what unlocks our lives and brings us into the abundant life that God has for us. Now, some of you are here today and you have experienced that before. And if there's anyone here today who hasn't opened your heart to Jesus Christ and you've heard about it and you've understood that there's this thing that you should probably do someday, I just want to encourage you that if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, today's the day to do that. You're not here today by accident. You're here because God got you here. Somehow you showed up and you're here today. And I pray that today would be your day where you give your life to Jesus Christ. So let's talk a little bit more about it. Susan, if you'd like to go to the next slide. There is only one way of salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ. Now, some of this is review for those of you who were here last week, and we're going to go over this quickly, but the men weren't here last week, and I just wanted to kind of re-establish this foundation as we go. There's only one way of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Last week I said, Buddha cannot save you. Muhammad cannot save you. Your own good works, your good deeds cannot save you. We all need a Savior, only Jesus. He's the only way. And we all have to come to Jesus. Remember when Peter was standing before Jesus, Peter and his disciples, and Jesus said to him, who do, who do you, um, you say that I am? And they said, well, some people say you're, you know, Elijah the prophet, and some people say you're this, but Jesus zeroed in and he said, who do you say? that I am? Who do you say that I am? And every single one of us has to answer that question. We will all have that opportunity to answer that question. Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a good teacher? Is he a prophet? Is he somebody that you think might possibly have lived long ago and did good deeds? Or is Jesus who he says he was, the son of God? Is he the one that God the Father sent to go to the cross for each one of us and pay the price for my sins in your sins. So we all have to answer that question. And if you're here today and you've never answered that question, you've never really come face to face with Jesus Christ to be able to say, who is he to me? Today, I challenge you to answer that question. Who is Jesus to you? Is he who he says he is? Is he the son of God? Jesus is the way, the only way to the father. No one comes to the Father but by him. So let's take a look at the next slide. And just a quick review, Jesus said that there is a narrow gate, a small gate, that people have to enter through to come into salvation. It's not a broad gate. Jesus said there's a broad gate out there, a wide road, but it's a road that leads to destruction. And many people enter through the broad gate, but few in comparison, find the gate of salvation. I will say to you right now, Jesus is the gate. He's the door. We come through the door. And that is the only way, as I said, of salvation. So I'm just kind of reviewing again from last week. Could we go look at the next one, Susan? And there's two sides to this. God offers every single person who has ever been born or who will ever be born, who is alive today or who is yet to be born, every single person is offered a gift. 
an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. We are all, we all have the opportunity. It's a free gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot work hard for it. You can't do anything to deserve it. We don't deserve it, but it comes to us because of mercy. It comes to us because of God's love. For God so loved the world. So because of love, the one, God's side of the equation is that He gives it to us grace. It's grace. Grace means unmerited favor. It means mercy when we don't deserve it. It means God's forgiveness that we haven't earned. So one side of it is grace, but the other side is we have to respond. Every single one of us has to respond. We have to decide whether we're going to say yes to God and receive Jesus Christ or whether we're going to harden our hearts and reject God's free gift. So there's two sides to salvation, God's side and our response. Okay, next slide, please. And that God provided Jesus as the sacrifice, the final atoning sacrifice for our sins. And the New Testament is called the New Covenant. It's a promise from God that he made with Jesus Christ. And every single one of us can be brought into that covenant or that agreement and that promise with God through Jesus. The Old Testament is the Old Covenant. And through Jesus, God said, I'm going to make a better covenant, a better agreement with my people. I'm going to be their God, and they will be my people. And I will forgive their sins, and I will remember their sins no more. Up until the time that Jesus came, sins were not able to be taken away. They were just kind of put aside until the time when Jesus would come. But Jesus came, and now our sins are completely forgiven through Jesus Christ. Susan, if you could go to the next slide. So it was the blood of Jesus, and again I'm reviewing from last week, but the blood of Jesus was shed. Remember when he took bread with his disciples at the Last Supper, and he broke the bread, and he said, this bread is my body which is given for you. And then he gave them the cup, and he said, this is the blood, my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you. So it was at that last supper that he was saying, there's a new covenant that's coming, a new promise from God, and it's my blood that's going to seal the covenant. So if we can go to the next slide. So all of your sins were paid for at the cross. As I said, you don't have to earn it. You cannot earn it. But your sins have been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, the precious blood of Jesus. Okay, next slide. Jesus took them away completely. The Lamb of God, remember when John the Baptist looked at Jesus and he saw him and he, he spoke to his, John spoke to his disciples and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He takes away your sins. When you ask for forgiveness, your sins are completely paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how vile you've been. It matters in the sense that you, you know, you've done vile things. But what I mean is your sins are not too big for God. Your mistakes are not too big for the blood of Jesus Christ. The things that you regret and that you wish you would have never done are not too big for God to forgive you. And when we fail and when we make mistakes and when we spill the coffee and blow it, like Aaron was talking about, we can come running back to God and say, God, I blew it today. I made a mistake. I, I 
wish I wouldn't have said those words that came out of my mouth. I wish I wouldn't have said those things or done those things. But God, I'm coming back to you. Would you please forgive me? That's called grace. That's called grace that we now have a place, a throne, a place of mercy that we can come to through repentance, through asking God's forgiveness and saying, God, forgive me and help me not to do it anymore. So let's look at the next slide. So our sins were paid for, paid in full. When you come to Jesus and you give your life to him and you ask for forgiveness and you tell him you're sorry and you say, Lord, I don't want to live this way anymore, it's like he takes his stamper and he stamps it on the pile of sins in your life and that red ink is the blood of Jesus and he says paid in full. Paid in full. So you don't have a history of sin anymore as far as God is concerned. It says that he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Glory to God. That's good news. Good news. All right, let's go to the next slide. So again, grace is the incredible, undeserved kindness that God shows us through Jesus Christ. So we are all recipients of God's kindness to us. Next slide. Now, here's where I want to focus more on today. That was kind of a review of last week. Today, I wanted to focus on God's throne of grace. Now, when we've come to Jesus Christ and given him our life, we have become what the Bible calls joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We've been brought into the family of God. In the book of Romans, it says that we receive the spirit of adoption. And that God puts his spirit in us. And our heart responds to God. And it says that we cry, Abba, Father. That means Father. It literally means Daddy or Papa. It's an intimate relationship that God wants to have with us as his children. So you've been made his children. And now that you are his children, you've been brought into his family, he also invites us to be partners with him through prayer through coming to him and interceding for others, for, for ourselves, for other people, for people you care about. You've been invited and actually given the privilege we all have to be able to come to God's throne and say, God, I have a neighbor who's in desperate, a desperate situation. They're struggling right now. Their life is a mess. They're about ready to crash and burn. God, I'm crying out to you for my neighbor, for my friend, for that person that lives next door to me. I'm crying out to you, God. And God, I'm asking you to work powerfully and mightily in their life. You have the privilege of doing that. God has invited you to partner with him, to come alongside of him through prayer, through the power of prayer. So, I wanted to just amplify a little bit about this verse that we're looking at here in Hebrews 7. Let me just get to it. I'm way ahead of my notes here. Okay, in Hebrews 7, it says to come to the Lord and he will extend mercy to us. And in this, in the verse, I'm actually going to go there and read it. It's in Hebrews 7.25 if you'd like to look there in your Bible. If you have your Bibles with you. Otherwise, I will be reading it. So, no. Hebrews 7.25. It says here that God, Jesus, 
is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. One of the things that we looked at last week is that Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And I asked the question, what do you think Jesus is doing up there? Is he's just up there basking in the praise and worship of the angels, just, you know, kind of biding his time, waiting for the time when the Father says, Son, it's time to go back to earth again as the triumphant king. Is he just kind of watching the, you know, heavenly clock, wondering when the time is going to come? What is Jesus doing up in heaven, in the presence of God Almighty, as he's seated at the right hand of the Father, what is he occupying his time with? Interceding. He's interceding for us because in Scripture it says here in Hebrews 7.25, he always lives to intercede for us, for them, meaning us. So right now Jesus is continually praying and interceding for us. And what I want us to grab a hold of is Jesus came and went to the cross. The Bible says he went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. Part of that joy was you. Part of that joy was all of us knowing that he was redeeming us. He thought of us when he went to the cross. And now that he's in heaven, he's not up there looking down at us and condemning us and judging us and saying, man, they really messed up. He's up in heaven with the Father praying for us. He's interceding and he's praying and saying, God, Give them strength. I'm praying for strength for you. You can do it. He's Essentially, he's cheering us on through his prayers and his intercession. He's interceding for us. And his blood, which is still alive, it hasn't, you know, I worked as a nurse for quite a few years, and part of my job was I worked in a lab for a brief time doing test analysis on blood. And I will tell you that blood coagulates quite quickly after it's taken out of your veins. This probably sounds kind of gross, but... It does. It coagulates. It becomes hard, hardened. Jesus' blood has never lost its power. Jesus' blood is literally, literally was sprinkled in heaven on the mercy seat of God. The tabernacle that we read about in the Old Testament was just a shadow of what's actually in heaven. You can read about that in the book of Hebrews. There is a heavenly altar where Jesus put his blood, he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat of heaven. And his blood is still calling out in heaven saying, mercy, 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 forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And so Jesus is not standing, as I said last week before the Father, saying, oh, Father, oh, Father, don't don't punish them. Don't be mad at them, Father, because it was the Father's plan to send Jesus. It was out of love that the Father came up with this plan to send Jesus. So the Father loves you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, but because the Father is holy, because Jesus is holy, they cannot have fellowship. Our Father, our God, cannot have fellowship with us when we're in a sin relationship. Sin breaks your relationship with God. But God has provided a means that any time sin has gotten in the way between us and God, we can come and confess our sins and be restored to right relationship with Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus is what speaks loudly on our behalf. And so Jesus is praying for us, and his blood still speaks loudly before the Father on our behalf. So you have an advocate with the Father. It's Jesus Christ. He stands in the gap for each one of us. So let's look at the next slide. Okay, I'm going to turn now to Hebrews 4.16, because this is important. It says that we have a high priest, that's Jesus, Hebrews 4.16, who has gone through the heavens. 
Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He, we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. And again, I'm, I'm reviewing some of what we talked about last week, but I want to amplify it. Jesus was tempted in every single way, just like any one of us is tempted on any given day. When you feel like your temptation is, is hard and tough, I want you to know that Jesus was tempted just as you were. Jesus was tempted beyond anything that we can imagine, but he was without sin. And it says that we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. He can sympathize with our frailties because he came encapsulated or enclosed in human flesh, and he came as a man and resisted Satan, resisted sin, resisted temptation, as a man under the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Completely 100% God, but limited himself as a man to resist all sin. So he knows what it's like to be tempted. You feel tempted sometimes. You feel tested. You feel tried. You feel rejection. He was rejected. He was rejected by his closest friends who abandoned him on the day that he was taken in, you know, taken prisoner to be led away to the cross. He was rejected by his closest friends. They fled. Peter denied him three times. We can go to Jesus with every single pain every single heartache, every single test, and every single temptation. And he will not judge you in a negative way. He will reach out and extend his strength and his grace to you because the cross of Jesus is like an altar of exchange. You can think of that. You can think of the cross being an altar of exchange where we can come to the cross and bring our weaknesses, and God gives us through Jesus the strength that we need. We can bring our grief and our sorrow and our pain. Jesus knows what that feels like. And in, in the pace of those, place of those things, he will give us his peace. He will give us his strength. He will give us his joy in the middle of circumstances that seem overwhelming sometimes. So everything that we struggle with, we can come to the cross of Jesus and ask for an exchange. We give him the things that we are weak in, the things that we're struggling with, and he gives us him. He gives us himself. And I will say to you that he is more than enough. He is more than sufficient. How many of you have had times where you have felt the strength of God literally carrying you through a circumstance? See, look at all those hands out there. How many of you had a time where you felt like you were so weak you couldn't put another foot in front of the other? And you cried out to God for strength to endure. And he helped you to keep going. He's more than enough. He is more than enough. He is all that we need. And I think sometimes we fail to turn to him in our time of need. And Susan, if we could look at, or wait, yeah, the next one, the throne of grace. God wants us to come to the throne of grace. He wants us to come with every single thing that we need. And that's what prayer is really all about. And so I want to encourage you. As we're pressing in as a church body for prayer, that we can come to God's throne. You can come. You are a beloved child. And that picture that we saw just a few moments ago where there was an a artist's rendition of a woman running to Jesus, and Jesus' arms were outstretched. I chose that picture on purpose because I want us to visualize that when we come to the throne of grace, Jesus isn't sitting there like this, glaring at us, and saying, wow, you messed up big time this time. Or no, 
You've already used up your allotment of prayer today. I'm sorry. You have to wait till tomorrow because there's no more prayer minutes left for you. You know how you have your minutes on your phone or whatever? Um, he doesn't say that. Anytime, day and night, whenever we need it, the, the hotline is always open and available, so to speak. Jesus is always there. He comes, he, he reaches out to us with compassion. I think if our eyes could only be open in the spiritual realm, we would see that his eyes are full of love. His eyes are full of mercy. His eyes are full of compassion. Beyond what anything we can comprehend, he loves you. And he longs, he literally longs for us to come to him. He literally longs. That's why he died. That's why he went to the cross, so that he could have, he could open the way for us to have a relationship with him. And he literally longs for you. I think so many times we think, oh yeah, that's for everybody else, but I don't deserve that. I don't think God really likes me that way. He doesn't like me the same way he likes everybody else because I'm such a failure. or I've made so many mistakes. I don't understand how God could possibly love me. I want to say to you today, God loves you. He looks at you with compassion. He died for you. His throne of mercy is for you. His throne of grace is for you. Can you say, it's for me? Let's say it together one more time. It's for me. It's for you. It's for you. So he offers that to all of us, to have an intimate relationship with him, where we can just come at any moment, day or night, to his throne of grace and find mercy and help in our time of need. That, brothers and sisters, is the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. That is the door that's been opened through the blood of Jesus for each one of us who comes to him. And that is the longing of God the Father's heart and of your Savior's heart that you will come to him and take time to talk to him. Prayer is talking to Jesus. You do not have to use King James English. You don't have to say thee and thou. You come and you pour your heart out to the Father, just like David did in the Psalms where he says, Father, what's, why are you letting all these things happen? Don't you see that my enemies are pursuing me right now? Don't you know that I'm struggling? Father, he just pours it right out to God, and he just says exactly what's in his heart. And then you read and you see where the Lord is ministering to him because all of a sudden David says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in God. And everything shifts. His perspective changes because he has connected with God. He's connected with the source of strength. He's connected with the compassion and the mercy of God. He's connected with God's presence. And all of a sudden, he's strengthened and he's encouraged and he sees things through a different perspective. And and the veil that was in front of his eyes so he couldn't see God's presence in the midst of his circumstances is ripped away. And he's like, God is with me. If God is for me, who can be against me? And it's those moments that God wants to release to us. But if we don't ever come, if we don't take the time to come, we miss out on so much that God has for us. So this morning, my message is, come to the throne of grace. Come to the one who loves you. Come to the one who is extending mercy to you whenever it's needed. Come to him. Make an effort to pursue God because the word of God says that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. So I'm going to ask if you would just stand to your feet in closing today. I'm going to ask for a couple of different things. First of all, 
I'm going to ask if there's anyone here today who has never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You've never taken the time to say, when Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? You've never taken the time to decide in your heart that Jesus is who he says he was. That he is the Son of God. Excuse me? Yeah, I haven't got there yet. That he is the Son of God. We, we both do that. We were like preaching each other's messages. <laughs> Jesus is the Son of God, and if you have never confessed him as Lord and Savior and decided to give him your life and to follow him, this is your opportunity, and I just ask that you would raise your hand so that we can pray with you. If you're here today and you feel your heart pounding and you know that God's speaking to you, this is your day. Just slip your hand up in the air so that I can pray with you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask that everyone close your eyes right now for a moment. Okay, with every eye closed now, Is there anyone here who wants to raise their hand to give their life to Jesus Christ? Or maybe you've drifted away. You've drifted away from God and you know that you need to come back. If that's you, just slip your hand up in the air. Okay, I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else who's drifted away from God? Okay. Let's pray with those who have drifted away. There's two people that have raised their hands. Let's pray with them right now. Let's declare this out loud together. Dear God, I come back to you. I am your child, but I've drifted away. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to welcome me back and cleanse me of all my sin. I give my life to you. I rededicate myself, and I thank you. For your mercy, in Jesus' name, amen. For those of you that raised your hands, I'd like to ask you after the service is over to come up and talk to Pastor Gary and I. We'd like to spend a little more time praying with you. Now for the rest of us, I feel like God is wanting to stir our hearts up with a passion for prayer. Because you know what? This world is in a desperate condition. How many of you have noticed that? There's a lot of darkness in this world, but through the power of prayer, through your prayers, make a difference. Through your prayers, we can see things change in people's lives. There's people all around us that are desperate for the power of God. So if you feel like you want to dedicate yourself to a deeper place of prayer, just raise your hand up right now. We're going to pray together. Okay, so if that's you, if you know that God's calling you to prayer, let's pray together right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you myself. I volunteer. I say yes. Please use me to pray, to intercede, to make a difference through the power of your Holy Spirit and the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now expect God to begin to speak to you. There's going to be times when you're going to have somebody's name on your heart and you're going to think, well, I haven't thought about that person in years. Or they'll just, you know, you'll just keep having something coming to mind. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So be ready, be alert. And when you sense that, or when you just sense God calling you to pray, you just have a burden on your heart for a certain circumstance, that's the Holy Spirit. So talk to God about it. Go to him in prayer and partner with him and watch God work. 
through the power of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Start reading your books. If you don't have one, Charlie has seven to give away, and we also have one extra to sell for $10. So God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. There is fellowship and coffee and refreshments in the lower level. We'd love to have you join us. And if anyone needs prayer for anything, the prayer team will be at the front.